Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is going to be version three of my draft preseason. And there's a few tweaks to it. And we're going to look at a couple of variations of this draft as well, which will include a couple of cool differentials. Got a bit of a stats deep dive on one or two players later in the show. But first up, let's have a look at that team that I presented 10 days ago and see what changes I'm making to it. This is the team that we showed 10 days ago. There are two changes to the first version of this draft. There's more changes to version two and three. But if we're looking at version one, the changes are simple. We're going to make two defensive moves. I've got a million pound in the bank. Whilst I really like Ake, and I do think he'll be first choice left back, when Gvardiol comes into this team, we could see Ake, Ake's minutes reduced. I wonder if they'll both be in the eleven. But there, there is, a, there is a, a thought that it could be one or the other. We could see Gvardiol left centre-back and Ake left back. Uh, but Pep is defending in a back three at times. And with that, you know, Stones is inverted into the midfield. That might just be needed for one left-footed centre-back or left-back. And it's Ake or Guardiola. So, John Stones, 5.5 million, is worth the extra 0.5. He's been looking really good pre-season, playing in that inverted role. He scored a goal. He's getting forward. I think he's a standout option. Diaz at 5.5 will get a ton of minutes too. They're both a slight upgrade on Ake if you can afford it. I can afford it in this draft. So I just want to highlight that Man City defence and why I'm so big on keeping within the Man City camp because you could argue I could upgrade Ake to a variety of players. So I was in the scout members area looking at some of the data from last season. Now the clean sheets, uh, shots conceded on target and goals conceded, all important metrics. Man City come out like top two defence in the league with Newcastle. And it was only actually the clean sheets that let them down because they were conceding a few sloppy late goals when they were like cruising 3-4-0 at the end of the season. So to me, this is the best defence, especially when we look at the fixtures. So if you want to know more on these stats, do check out the scout members area. There's a 30% discount uh, link in my bio. So happy with the Man City. Where else do I see I can improve this draft? Well, it's going to be a really boring one for second transfer. This is still just option one though. Wait till option two and three. Don't go anywhere. Um, I've got some surprises for you. But in this option one, Kabore, I think should come in for, um, uh, for Bell. So it's a Luton defender for a Luton defender, 4 million, 4 million. Kabore is actually on loan from Man City, but he was at Marseille last year. Um, Rob Edwards, the Luton manager, has spoken really highly about how it's a coup to get someone with his pedigree. He played Champions League last season for Marseille. Um, he can get forward. He can, he's comfortable playing wing back, full back, or even right mid. So I think he's going to get forward at will for Luton. And there might be a little bit of upside. But look, the 4 million guys, we're not, we're not expecting them to get many minutes in our teams. Bayer for Burnley scored the other day. There's Bulldog. Um, Gusto, if he starts for Chelsea, if Reese James is injured, is the standout pick. But whilst Reese is fit, I don't think we want Gusto. So this is the current team. From these players, who feels safe? Who feels like they're vulnerable and who um, might I make tweaks to to my second and third options? Well, the safe guys, like I'm happy with the goalkeepers. Absolutely. I can't see them going anywhere. Estupanan and Chilwell and Stones now, actually. I think all three of those pretty set. There is a Man City Arsenal game, Community Shield, that might change our, our thinking with some of the City and Arsenal players. 
and you know the likes of Foden and Martinelli that could come into my thinking off the back of seeing the community shield so Foden and Martinelli I wouldn't say I'm absolutely set on but I look at Saka and Rashford and Matoma I feel fairly locked on those guys and then up front I feel fairly locked on Haaland and Jesus as well so when we're going to see version two and three the fairly locked guys they're not going anywhere but some of those bit more vulnerable are so what's really playing on my mind when we look at this team I'm really happy with it I'm happy I've gone triple Arsenal attack, but I do look at it and think, is there enough Brighton cover? Like I'm super impressed by Brighton every time I watch them pre-season. Even when they don't win games, they look like they're attacking at will. And I think with the fixtures Brighton have, I'm tempted to go all in and have triple Brighton. And at the moment, I can only get a Stupinan and Matoma. I would love João Pedro. I think he's going to be the talisman at this football club next season. Record signing. Got the number nine. He'll play number nine or number 10, but I think his minutes are fairly safe. And he's a 5.5 million forward. Now, I've got the money to accommodate João Pedro, like just about. I could go um, Semenyo to Pedro, leaves me 0.5 down. But we've just spoken about going Stones to Ake. I could reverse that, right? Or I could even go Estupanan down to a 4.5. And there are even Brighton defenders at 4.5. So I could find a way of accommodating João Pedro. And we can see him here in instead of Semenyo. But where is he? He's on my bench. And how would I get him into my 11? This is option two we're looking at. How to get him into my 11? Who am I benching each week? I don't want to bench any of those guys. So I'd really dislike option two because the guy I want to accommodate, I can't see him how he gets off my bench, right? So let's move straight away to the option I actually quite like. And that's option three. So I am torn between option one and option three. Now, option three is all about something having to give way to accommodate a João Pedro. So how does João Pedro fit into this team? Well, he stays where he is instead of Semenyo. But how do we get him off the bench? I look at those midfielders and forwards and think the only two I could potentially lose is Foden and Martinelli. Let's just go with Martinelli, right? So Martinelli is going to come out this team. We're going to fill that spot in a minute. But obviously, we could now have another Arsenal player in the eleven. So let's just upgrade Colwell to Gabriel, right? That's a big upgrade, I think. We all agree on that. So Gabriel comes in and we'd put him into the starting eleven and say bench Chilwell game week one. Now, how much does that leave me? That leaves me 7 million to accommodate a midfielder. And in that bracket, guys, the reason I like this option as something I'm thinking about is there are some good options in that 7 million and below midfield price bracket. So this draft still has triple Arsenal. It's just got one Arsenal defender. It's not the triple up in attack, which I kind of like. But it allows for something a little bit different in that fifth midfield slot. So Matoma is my 6.5 million midfielder of choice. And many are going in Bomo. I'm not massively seeing that. I don't think Brentford are going to have a particularly great start to the season. They've not impressed me at all in pre-season. And I look at the 6.5 million bracket. And instead of Martinelli, I could have Mudrick. He could show signs of promise from game week three. I could have uh, Richarlison for 7 million. And if Harry Kane goes, I think Richarlison will be in everyone's team. But I could also have someone I really like the look of. And I know many of you are probably looking at the screen going, yeah, it's a good option. I could have Diaby, Aston Villa's new winger. I could also have Eze from Crystal Palace. And of course, I have Jared Bowen from West Ham at seven. But it's Diaby who I want to talk about. Because Diaby's really impressed me when I've looked back and seen quite how good this guy is. Linked with some massive clubs, Villa have done very well to get him. Now, Villa are a team I really like because under Emery, Villa have 
been super impressive. And he's going to play just off Watkins. Um, so I've looked at some numbers and I want to present you the, the, the case for Diaby. First up, I guess we should just highlight some of his fixtures. So, yes, they're not great fixtures, but Aston Villa are a counter-attacking team. So when it's a difficult fixture like Newcastle, they'll actually still get chances on the counter and it might suit their gameplay. But if we like the traditional good fixtures on paper, we could have a look at, say, game week two, Villa play Everton at home. Game week three, they play Burnley away. Game week five, they play Palace at home. There are good fixtures there still. And I think Diaby could be a nice little wildcard entry. So how do Diaby's numbers compare to other players that play in a similar position, like attacking midfield or, or, or winger wide forward? The one I wanted to compare him to was Martinelli. Because Martinelli was like, was he a 6.5 million midfielder last year? And we all had him. What a gift. This could be Diaby. So let's compare Martinelli's numbers from last season with Diaby's numbers from last season. Now Diaby was playing in the Bundesliga, sure. But Martinelli was playing in a better team. So... The numbers are really cool to compare because they had pretty much identical minutes. So straight away we can go, same minutes, pretty much same starts, right? So Martinelli had one more start, but minutes like, yeah, very little between them. They both clocked 79 shots. This is the best comparison going, right? So these two players both had 79 shots. Let's look at their conversion. So they're per 90 numbers in terms of goals and assists. Well, Martinelli got 0.65. Diaby, 0.57. Pretty much the same. And we know what a gift Martinelli was in FPL last year. If Diaby can recreate this form in the Premier League for Aston Villa, he should be in all of our Game one teams. Now, I, don't, I think maybe I'm going to go a little bit hasty and we have to wait and see. But I really, really like the option and it's certainly wildcard and I wanted to present it to you guys. If we look at the expected numbers, then Diaby's actually even slightly better than Martinelli. 0.64 for Diaby, 0.59 for Martinelli. So, so, so close in the, in, in the options here, guys, when comparing two players. It's such a good comparison because the minutes, the shots and even the FPL price point last season, the same. So what do you think? If this draft has a Diaby in, it's an easy bench option for game week one. The RBs can go onto, onto the bench, tricky fixture. But then when he has easier fixtures, I could rotate him at times with, say, a Matoma has some tricky fixtures game week four or five. Maybe Foden misses a game or two for rotation. It's an option. And it also allows me to jump on players like Mudrick if he's flying come game week three when Chelsea have an amazing fixture run. Eze is definitely part of my thoughts. You know, I could go up to Richardson and Bowen at 7 million. You know, Richardson could be the number nine for Spurs. He scored a hat-trick in pre-season um, the other day. And, and Postacoglu said, yeah, I'm really impressed by him. Postacoglu needs someone that can just be that in-the-box striker. And Richardson does that for Brazil. And maybe he can do that for Spurs if Kane's not in the picture. Jared Bowen, the talisman for West Ham with some tasty fixtures. This all, however, does mean no triple Arsenal attack. But perhaps you could argue it's a more balanced draft. If there's a 6.5 mid-in like Diaby, it also gives me 0.5 in the bank. So if I want to hold Diaby and not go to, say, another midfielder in his position, Estupinan, who has a great start to the season at come game week four, has some tricky games, could go up to Reese James. How amazing does this team look when you stick Reese James in for Estupinan? If Chelsea are flying, you've got both Chelsea fullbacks. Um, so I'm tempted. I am tempted. But a lot comes down to my appetite for triple Arsenal attack. And the reason I'm so big on triple Arsenal attack is the same reason I want triple, Art, triple Brighton players. It's all about bites of the cherry. It's all about trying to predict big scorelines in FPL. Now, when I look at both the Arsenal and Brighton fixtures, firstly, I see two of the best attacking teams in the league. 
But secondly, I see the two teams with the best first three fixtures that I can take advantage of. Maybe you could argue Man City are in there too. But if Arsenal and Brighton have got the best three fixtures, why are we not loading up for bites of the cherry to be part of a result that's a four or five niller? And if they go and win four or five nil in a couple or one of these games, Brighton and Arsenal, I want more than Matoma or I want more than Saka and Jesus. So triple Arsenal attack or double Brighton attack is my dilemma. Option three that we're looking at at the moment includes double Brighton attack and double Arsenal, still well covered. But option one, which I presented at the start of this stream, which is what my team does currently look like, is still invested in triple Arsenal attack. And I think a lot of it will come down to how much I think and, and backing Martinelli game week one. And I think I need to eye test scout him and look at his data in the community shield. So that's where we're at, guys. By the way, you're in my mini league. I hope you're joining my mini league. Um, do check it out. Um, there's a link in the bio. If you're listening on pod, in the description, there is a link to my mini league as well. Um, but guys, thank you so much for watching. Let me know what you think. Uh, liking and subscribing, as always, I hope. Uh, good to see so many new subscribers. So welcome to the channel. Get your comments in. I'm always up for a chat in the comments, especially in the first hour or two of the video being uploaded. So do set your notification bell. But Guys, thank you for watching and I'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.